Today we're talking to Don Pulowski, this guy, oh man, talking to him, it felt like we were long lost friends. He is the CTO of University Tees. They are the company, the industry leaders in providing custom t-shirts to college students. We talk about hiring the right people, our wives, Michelle, <laughs> I apologize in advance. I'm so sorry, Michelle, I love you. Uh, we talk about machine learning and even cryptocurrency and financial advice. We are not financial advisors. All this right here, right now on the Modern CTO Podcast. Here we go. This is the Modern CTO Podcast. I want to know about like your origin story. Like what got you excited? Like how did you fall in love with technology? Yeah. All right. So my goodness, I, you know, I guess we'll go back to the days of, of engineering and college and whatnot. So I, uh, I went to Cleveland State University here, here in my hometown of Cleveland and didn't really know what else to do. I didn't know, I didn't know what, what major to pick. I just picked engineering. I was good at math and all that kind of good stuff. And ended up in, in like civil and structural engineering and, and that was okay. Um, but before I graduated, I, I knew I didn't want to do it or anything relating to structural or civil engineering. But um, I graduated like 2009, right around the depths of the recession and jobs were pretty scarce and I was getting job offers. And so I figured it, it you know, I should just take the job, take the money, and get into it and maybe things will change. Well, things didn't change, didn't really like the work. Um, was I was designing and engineering uh, bridges specifically. Uh, the thing about bridges is that problem's been solved for quite a long time. <laughs> <laughs> bridges have been around for a little bit um, and physics doesn't change. Yeah. So I, was, I began a path out trying to get out, try to figure out something different. and. Yeah, I also tried to, to work my way up in 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 to more leadership positions in the industry, but the, it's such an old line industry that the only way you become leadership is if you've been doing you know the grunt work for twenty years. Uh, they don't recognize people for leadership skill; they just recognize people for being around for a long time. Wrong, right? Yeah. Like, is that not the most wrong thing you can do? Oh, you've it's been awful here the longest. Keep it's going. really really bad. You know, there's. You know, the, the guys managing teams in, in, you know, the structural and civil engineering industry don't even want to be managing teams. They were forced into it just because they've been sitting around for so long and they need to do something else with them to advance their career. So just then it's just bad. Right. So um, I started looking around. I mean, I, it gets to the point where I even was interviewing for uh, a, a, a director of purchasing job for a company that sells gas station um equipment think like the tanks and the lines and the hoses and the pumps super exciting exactly <laughs> i was literally looking for anything and then a friend of mine by the name of kevin solorio um he basically just said hey why don't i teach you how to write code i'm like that sounds like a great idea part of you know one of my classes in college was like c plus plus and i did really well at it and i liked it and so we began this 
journey, if you will, where we'd meet at Panera Bread or something similar every Monday night. And he would essentially give me homework and critique the stuff I did. And uh, I'd buy him a bagel every once in a while. And uh, really more out of just the goodness of the heart of his heart. He's, he's a really good guy. Uh, just just taught me how to, to write code. And within, I don't know, two or three months, um, he had actually announced that he was going to move from Cleveland and the place he worked, a, a local like consulting shop here, um, was silly enough to interview me and hire me a job with only two months of self-taught experience. I ended up doing a little bit of uh, like I started out doing more project management stuff for them, but you know slowly just started grabbing different projects and coding and just became you know more of a full-flung software developer for them, and just just loved it. I mean the thing that I realized about this technology part versus the engineering part was that it was a different thing and a different challenge and a different puzzle every single day, every single hour, right? You're coding something. It's a log it's it's a logic puzzle every 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 day. The, the problem has not been solved. It will not be solved because it's a construct of humans, right? And so it was just it just grabbed my attention. I, I'm very much kind of a guy that needs something new and something different all the time. And to be in this world that that is ever changing and, and always throwing a curveball at you just really kept kept me glued into it. And so I guess that's kind of like, you know, the love affair with technology right there is it's just, it keeps you guessing. It keeps me interested. Well, variety is the spice of life, right? Absolutely. It's popular because it's true. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's so bad with me that my wife would, will tell you, we've had this conversation before where she's like, you know, you, you're always changing your mind. Or are you ever going to change your mind about me? And I'm like, no, no, no. Like you're, you're safe there. Like we're good here. Everything else, though, is like I gotta, I gotta change it up every once in a while and try something different. You passed up on the opportunity. You could have kept her on her toes, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I was thinking in a year or two, right? <laughs> We're working on a new build. It's in the pipeline. No, right. I, I, I love it. Yeah, my my wife brings stuff like similar to that up to me all the time. She's like, you're always moving. You're always, you know, so fast. You go from project to project to project. And I was like, you know what, if I was working a nine to five on one long-term project, I would have to find the variety within that project to do different things and to, and to scale and to keep it interesting. Uh, otherwise, I would die. Like, I always have to be, I'm, a, I'm like, I love learning. I love learning new things and putting it to practice and growing as like a person. So yeah. soft, software is the place to do that, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you, you have to, right? If, if you don't learn, you die. Excellent. Truthfully, in this in this environment. So I want to get a little bit um, great great introduction overview of like who you are and your origin story. Um, as a as a uh, C, so you're a CTO now, right? Correct. Okay, excellent. And that is what company? Uh, University Tees. Excellent. As in t-shirts. Beautiful. You making the t-shirts? Tell me a little bit more about like so you make t-shirts, sell t-shirts. Yeah, so the, the company was started, you know, a little over a decade ago. And the problem they were solving was awful customer service with custom apparel for for sororities and fraternities. So the, the two co-founders were in a, a business fraternity and they just needed shirts for some event they were holding and the local mama pop shops just 
the, the, the service was awful. There was one, one, one person who did it and they treated their customers like crap and, and they saw an opportunity. And so they started, you know, selling, selling their own, not apparel, but like the designs for the apparel, everything we do is custom. Every single order that we receive is a custom order, which has its own very unique challenges. Um, and so they, they, it, it took off. They were at uh, Miami university in Ohio and it took off and they started hiring their friends at other campuses to go out and find these, these sororities and fraternities that needed custom apparel. And they outsourced a lot of the, the actual decorating of the, the apparel to, you know, shops that existed in about, I think it was six or seven years ago now started their own print shop. And so, uh, not only do we go out and sell the work and we do the artwork, we also print the shirts, screen printing, embroidery, all that stuff in house now too. We obviously still outsource things. We we can't we can't do all the work ourselves, but it, it's just solely around selling custom sheets shirts to sorority girls, really. And that's an, they that's spend amazing. a lot of money on it. Yeah, and <laughs> like a lot of money. Yeah, I trust me. My house, like I'm fighting my wife on the decorations. It's like. <laughs> I'm not I'm not kidding you. This week I I literally said I she was buying some some decorations and I was like, you know, that's about $300 uh in decorations right there that came through on Amazon, Ooh. right? Right? Tell me about it. That's what I was like. Yeah, you know, and I instantly said to her, I go, "Do you know how many how many Facebook ads that is? I could reach like 7,000 people." <laughs> <laughs> I could I could help seven thousand people like learn and get more information and and but but no we have Garland we have we have lit Garland. <laughs> well, you know you want the, you want the banister to look nice. Of course, it's essential. It's essential. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, a couple things. So I'm I'm actually poking around on your site while we talk. Okay. Okay. Cool. And I love I like the bird. Okay. Yeah. The bird's like, great. Bruno. Like, we call him Bruno. Bruno. Bruno the bird. It's got the alliteration and everything, right? Mm -hmm. the, the designs are super modern and your photography is like on point. Right. So you're responsible ultimately. You're the CTO of the company. You're responsible for the website. I love how you went with the, uh, the clean look. And I know it sounds a little bit geeky, but when I see those drop downs, like I genuinely appreciate the drop downs. <laughs> They're good. They're like really good. Like I, nothing bothers me more than like a poorly designed drop down or a drop down that like isn't solid functioning, you know, like one that feels really good. Sure. I can't, I can't take all the credit for that. We got a really solid team here. Designers, our marketing team is amazing to work with. Uh, our chief creative officer is just a phenomenal guy. He's got a lot of talent, and you know the the um, one of our head, our, our senior UX and front end developer, just I mean, he really understands the work, and he he takes a tremendous amount of pride in his craft. And so, really, all I did was hire him and get out of his way. So I can't take a lot of credit for that site. No, you're that is. We were talking about that uh, on the show this week with a, a gentleman who has a gaming company and they have about three to 400 employees and they make tons of mobile games, right? Large company. Mm -hmm. And we were talking about the whole, you know, Steve Jobs and many other great leaders have said, said this or something similar that you hire people who are smarter than you and you let them tell you what to do. You like resource them, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, this comes up often on my team. It's, you know, I don't, as long as I take care of the team, 
and I hire the right people, and I make sure they're good culture fit. There's, there's the things I look for when I'm hiring someone. Are, are they a motivated individual? Are they a nice person? And do they have the ability to learn? Oh, even those three things. If I nail those, then the work gets done for free, truthfully. And all I have to do is concentrate on the people. And so, if 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 you make that happen, then beautiful websites like the one you're looking at, they just they happen for free, truthfully. Not you're. So I, I had made tons of mistakes in my career, right? That's how we you, right. <laughs> it's basically, I've got a lot of, if somebody says they have a lot of experience, they say, you know, I screwed up a lot and I learned from it. Right. Yeah. So when I found, and I, it sounds, it was, it was magical when I had the aha moment, but when I found that if I hire better people and spend more money and make less money, like on margin, when, when the specific context is like making apps on contract, right? Mm -hmm. If I give up that margin and instead charge the amount that I can hire like the best possible people, my life becomes amazingly simple. Sure. The best designers, the best developers, the best testers, put them all together in a room and pay them the rate that they need to care enough to do like the quality job and that they're motivated. and, and, And they just like, they do the project. They do the project amazing and it comes out great so uh yeah yeah i can't i I can't stress it enough i mean the people's where it's at so i have i have a couple more questions for you you like you have a math background right you enjoyed it and we're good at it have you taken a look at any of the machine learning type technologies out there a a little bit it's tiny bit yeah it's not i haven't devoted the amount of time that I should have to it, but we do have some potential really strong use cases for it. And we have a lot of images, a lot of images. Again, we're custom, custom apparel. Every order we do is custom. So we get a college kid coming in saying, I want this t-shirt for whatever they they shoot us over an image. And then our art team, you know, turns that into something and then they shoot it back and then there's a revision. And then, Someone has another idea. And so we have tons of images. And the problem that we have right now as a company is we aren't reusing those images like we should be. We don't know where those images are. We can't find those images easily. You know, we could start tagging images, but, you know, that's an extra process that the art team has, you know, each artist has to undertake. And, you know, they're they're creative people. They don't want to worry about administrative tagging of stuff. They just want to create art, right? And so... Right. We've started very basically looking into these machine learning or things like um, I think Amazon has something called recognition or whatever. Basically, reading these these images and, and tagging them for us so we can use them in house. The problem, the thing I'm finding, and, and it's the place where I have to spend more time into learning about is a lot of that works really great for photos, not necessarily like illustrations. And so I'm curious to see, you know, I got to get, I got to get more into the weeds with that to see what's really going on with that. It's super intriguing to me. And I think there's a tremendous opportunity to get into, to, to, you know, utilize those technologies, but admittedly I am pretty barren in it. Excellent. That's, that's honesty. And that's what we go for. Right. (laughs) So, so I found that, um, you know, the, that quality, I'm going to take a second to reflect back on it. That is an undervalued quality that when I 
find people with it, I, I love to tag them as experts because the person that is, is intelligent and can tell you, look, I know a little bit about it. We played a little about it, but I really don't know about it. That person's nine times out of 10, in my experience, a great person. The person to watch out for is when you bring up 20 different topics and they're an expert on all of them. It's like, <laughs> oh, sure. Right. So that's the person. Not a thing. Yeah. <laughs> so I actually played a little bit. I have almost no experience with it as well, but I did play a little bit with it. And it looked like that, that service you were talking about, mm -hmm. uh, like, like you said, it was, it's great for recognizing objects in images. So like you, what I'm looking on your site right now, it's like every object would be like typography, typography. Right. <laughs> every photo would be tagged with typography. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Thanks. We weren't aware of that yet. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. No. That that's right. And so that's that's kind of like I, I want to be. I, I would love to to find the service that helps us identify you know the the image that has like the little pumpkin in it for some kind of Halloween party they did or you know the dog for whatever you know all those kinds of little those little characteristics that show up in illustration for whatever reason at least when i checked again i haven't i haven't gone into it in about a year since the last time i really looked at what was available but that would be a game changer if we could do if we can implement stuff like that yeah i did see when halloween time came out there was a one of the guys that's apparently a personality inside of machine learning he did a, a blog post that was shared several thousand times and he actually had the machine learning system draw mashup costumes, like sketches of, of uh, different popular Halloween costumes. And you could go check that out and Google around for that after the call. But it was kind of cool to see the machine like learn to draw and then draw some costumes. And some of them were pretty, pretty comical. 80% was probably useless, but sure. The 20% the that came out were kind of, you know, it's like watching a, a little baby walk. It's like cool for a second. It's like, all right, great. Yeah. <laughs> spooky well i just I, I didn't mean to say spooky that was that was a pun i guess weird <laughs> i'll put a rim shot in when we're editing because oh, don't man. Don't sh all right <laughs> i got your back don i'm team don here oh man I, you know that's my team's fault there's there's so much punning going on on a daily basis around my team that it's just starting to rub off on me which is unfortunate right are you right. are you a dad I am a dad of two. Oh, I'm a dad of one right now, 11 weeks old. Congratulations. Thank you. So my son, wow. you know how much sleep I, I have? Yeah, <laughs> sleep, sleep's a luxury, man. Yeah, I noticed the dad jokes started kicking up the moment I, I, my wife had the baby. It's amazing, isn't it? Right. It's, just, it's all in us. It's just waiting to, for that trigger. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> So, all right, here's a good one for you. I, I want to know the, the problem you described, you're an engineer, right? Design prop, we solve problems, that's what we do, you know? And you were mentioning that there's a lot of back and forth between the customer and the design team and that whole, that whole flow, the core of your business. Did you roll something your own to handle that process or did you leverage another technology? Everything we have is, is hand-rolled, essentially. Um, everything. So... And I've looked. I've looked at other ERPs that could run our 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 systems. We've done trials with things like Shopify. Um, we, we've tested different platforms, and they just don't work because of the custom nature of our business. They weren't they weren't meant for it, right? They're meant to sell that same black T-shirt with the same white lettering, uh, Cleveland or nowhere stuff every time, and the variations are large and extra large and whatever. 
but so so everything we have is hand rolled, and so you know that that interaction with the customer, you know, we are, the main person using our our applications, and we we have we have two main applications, and then web, a couple of, like little websites like uts.com, like you were checking out. Um, our campus managers, the college kids, their their contract, uh, the contractors, they 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 kind of go out and, and find work and whatever, and find find these organizations that are looking for custom apparel. Um, they interact with the with with our application by you know uploading an image, chatting with the art team. Um, you know we have a like a little state machine that like art uploaded, art requested, art revision requested, those kinds of things, and they use that to get the artwork nailed down and then you know they go to a checkout phase where you know we're using braintree to collect credit card information and that goes on to our operations team where it gets approved and scheduled and then we actually purchase the apparel from whatever you know um you know the like american apparel or or gildan or you know some of those bigger brands how are they Um, doing by the way how is american are they still around american apparel yeah, well, they were they were bought by uh, Gildan, which is a lot of. I mean, that's not like a name you you would recognize if you're not like in the industry, I suppose. But Gildan's probably one of the biggest apparel manufacturers. Oh, okay. If not the biggest, I think um, they bought American Apparel recently, and they. I'm not sure where it got left off, but it, it may not be so American made anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I think they might try to have a specific uh, American-made brand or product line within within that. Um, but right. I, we're actually kind of hopeful about it because when Gildan gets its hands on something, it tends to make it better, at least as far as like stock is concerned. Stock is is get, being, getting our hands on the apparel that our customers want ends up being a bigger problem than than you might expect and so we kind of get excited when, when someone's going to say they're going to actually improve the availability and the stock of a, of a item no I, no you know what i had about six, six or seven months ago we had this app launching it was a fitness related app right we built for a customer and one of their ways to get the word out was they printed up a bunch of the really nice you know like the nice gym shirts that like feel really good like the under armor type yeah. ones so they wanted to get a bunch of those printed up with their logo on it and then go hand them out for free at gyms. And I was just blown away by the difficulty of this process that I figured had been so simple and modernized by, you know, today, this day, right? Sure. And it was it was like pulling teeth. <laughs> and so like I, I'm not a fan of of ordering t-shirts. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if that's something anyone's a fan of. But the opportunity was like blinding, and uh, it looks like you guys have just taken all the all the stress out of it in the university context, right? We're trying. I mean, there's still there's still a lot of room for improvement, which is you know the exciting part. Which is if if nothing more is you know job security, yeah, <laughs> for myself. But um, there's a lot of cool problems that that we can solve yet that my team can solve together. And, you know, and you can almost like, you could almost just close your eyes and spin around and point at some place in one of our offices and you'll stumble upon something that you can deliver a hundred or 200 or $500,000 of return on investment on pretty easily. 
the runway is so wide and so long right now. And that's really the exciting time around here. We're doing a great job, but there's so many things we can do better. And a lot of that is through technology and solving problems and thinking about it differently, you know? Yeah. How large, how large is the company? Like how many, I know, I know you said you do, do some stuff with some freelance graphic artist people, right? Or at least that's the, the way I took it, but I'm sure you have like uh, internal designers and everything internal as well, but how large yeah. is your internal team? So we have, if you count the print shop, uh, you know, we have somewhere around 160, 180 employees, mm -hmm. team members um, at any given moment. So uh, and the majority of that is in the print shop. Uh, we, we try to, I think we print somewhere around 70% of the orders we take in right now. Oh, that's a fantastic. Um, yeah. Yeah. And it, it, it's, we're, and we're, you know, we're always expanding. We're trying to always expand the print shop. Um, being conscious of like seasonality. We, we have, we have some pretty strong seasonality in, in the fall and the spring are, are peak seasons. And so we have to staff up big time for their, right. for those areas. Cause you know, kids coming back or starting their new semester or whatever. And rush is um, like the time. Exactly. It's like, yeah. Yeah. And that's when you got to have the shirts. You got to have the shirts yep. at rush. So important. yeah, I mean, that, that's, that's, that's our biggest, that's our biggest time and, and getting into sororities and fraternities and making sure, you know, we, and we try to get, you know, we're, we're starting on those orders early in the summer, just making sure they're ready to go, trying to meet that demand. Here's a problem I'm facing. Okay. So these podcasts are going great. We've just been recording them back to back. We got 30 scheduled, right? Nice. Yeah. The next two months are just book solid and we have all awesome CTOs like you and we have this big editing queue that's going to happen with editing the audio and, and chopping it up and you would be a good person to ask. So we have three or four people that we've interviewed and talked to for editing the audio and they each seem to have, you know, two or three different softwares that they use, like ones that they really like, right? And so for graphics, you would have, you know, your Photoshop, your illustrators, your sketch. I don't know if they use sketch, but we, we do in our teams for signing out. Yeah. Um, so how do you deal with the different people wanting to use the different software and your assets being compatible for people to rip stuff out of? Yeah. So it's a good question. It actually hasn't been too big of a deal on the art team side. The one thing, you know, early on in the company, it's one thing a lot of people get all bent out of shape about like, especially big corporations like the bring your own device crowd, right? Right. Bring your own software crowd. Um, at some point you have, you, you like have to standardize for productivity's sake. I'm not sure how the art team used to operate, but uh, as far as, you know, for the last three years that I've been here, um, they pretty much all use the exact same tooling. And I don't know that they would let someone use something different because of, Especially, you know, you're not the only artist that is going to touch a piece of art before the order goes out. Someone else may come in and do a revision for you. It depends on who's got what in the queue and when it comes in and when the customer needs it and that kind of stuff. So having, having consistency across the tools that are being used is important for us because, you know, our art team is, is it's, it's probably our bottleneck right now, right? There's, there's, we do so much art that we have to focus on efficiency of that team. And not only are we putting technology resources into it, you know, we're putting, you know, lean manufacturing processes around that team and, and testing stuff all the time to make it as functional as possible. Um, and so having consistent tooling is, is a really big part of that. 
Fantastic. I'm going to change the conversation a little bit because I want your opinion on a couple things that I've been talking about this week. I want to know what, what your thoughts are on cryptocurrency as a whole. You can <laughs> touch any, any part of it that you want. <laughs> oh, man. It's amazing what like a dramatic increase in a price target will do to the freaking world. <laughs> <laughs> it set it on fire. So, um, my, my sister who, you know, obviously I love very much her <laughs> and her husband and I, and I love him very much. Uh, they, they, they brought it, they brought up, you know, the concept of cryptocurrency to me uh, a couple months ago. And, you know, it's, it's, I guess it's just because like, Oh, well, like you're a tech dude. So you, you probably know something about this crypto thing. Um, and I, and I guess I know a little bit, I don't know a lot at all and they're like well do you think we should invest and i'm like whoa i mean <laughs> what do you like, i don't even know how to be i mean like i feel like it's I, I don't know the thing it's so it was so volatile then this is over the summer right we were talking like swings between a couple hundred bucks and you know maybe like a thousand or two i don't even remember and i'm like well you know wait for the next big dip right well sure enough it hits 14 or 15 and she's texting me. She's like, I guess we missed it, huh? And I'm like, maybe not. I mean, probably not. Right. Like <laughs> it's such a horrible spot to be in. <laughs> it just comes out of nowhere. She like swoops in. She's like, Hey, crypto. Did we, we did it. We didn't do it good. I'm like, ah, oh. <laughs> I don't know. It's all and then, fault. you know, I got a, I got a buddy of mine who just, he just bought a few a while ago. Cause you know, for shits and giggles more or less. Right. Yeah, I'm, I'm sitting on I'm sitting on a bunch of cash right now. He's like, I'm kind of scared. What do I do with this? I was like, dude, I, I don't know. This is this is uncharted territory for pretty much literally everyone. I don't know. I feel like I feel like it's got to come back down, right? Like all these people can make some money. Standard market economics is like there'll be a crash at some point, and maybe not a big crash, but like the stock market goes up and down every couple of years. Like I'm sure Bitcoin's going to go up and down every couple of years, but like. Well, it's, I don't so know. it's human. Who knows, right? It's, it's Who a complete knows? like fabrication. <laughs> yeah. Like it, here's, here's the thing. So whether you have the concept of like value, right. But then you also yep. have like the human component where we decide we're humans. We decide the value together. Yeah. So you could take anything regardless of what it's like value is, and you can artificially inflate it. Like, you know, like the tulips in the, 1800s or 1900s or whatever yeah, yeah and then when everyone decides it's not valuable they exit so for me the human part of it is the thing that that sends my spidey senses tingling with it going up because everyone's like oh man yeah it's so exciting i'm getting 20 percent or 100 percent a week it's growing at 100 percent a week it's like it's crazy and it's going up 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 and i'm like eventually someone's gonna be like all right i'm good like it's got yeah. i'm gonna start taking my money out and then then the price will sort of like, you know, level up. And then everyone's like, well, this isn't exciting anymore. I was getting, I was getting hundred percent. And now, it, now it's been flat for three months. Screw it. Let's pull my million dollars out. And then that's when you get the roller coaster, like down effect. Right. Yep. Where it's like, oh man. See, I, I guess, so the people who've asked me, and again, I don't know why they're asking me. I'm not an expert. I don't have any Bitcoin. I don't, really know much about it again because i'm a tech guy apparently i know well you're not a we, we need to make it very clear that neither joel nor don <laughs> yeah. have passed any sort of financial certification 
<laughs> yeah, we do not have your best interests in mind. Yes, we are not financial advisors. <laughs> there we go. That's the SEC compliance, yeah. so we're good. We're good. Right. We're good. So now we're now we can say whatever the heck we want. I got you know. I guess the, the people have asked me. I, I'm saying like. If you haven't sold a little bit to at least recoup your initial investment, you're you're stupid. <laughs> you gotta like at least get take a little off the table. If you want to let the rest ride because you think it's gonna go to thirty thousand or forty thousand or whatever the heck, more power to you, man. But like, I don't like. I used to watch uh, Jim Cramer a lot, the the CNBC guy. Oh, I love him. I need the buttons on my show. Yes, you do I need do. the buttons on your show. Yeah, feature creep, yes. feature creep, feature creep, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That would, that would, I mean, that would probably send you to the top of the charts, I would have to imagine. Yeah, of course. But, you know, he always had a saying that, you know, bulls make money, bears make money, and hogs get slaughtered. So I feel like if you're being a pig and just waiting for it to go higher, you're going to get slaughtered. So, I don't know, sell some Bitcoin and go buy your wife some, some fancy dinner or something. I don't know. Yeah, I had, a, I had a guy who called me up and he said, I made a ton of money off Bitcoin and I would like you to develop my own exchange because I want to take my money from Bitcoin and build my own exchange. He had, he had made more than a few million dollars in Bitcoin. Right. I know. And so he goes, you know, how much would it cost? You know, if you're going, going down that path. And so then he, he sends me another message later after he's like, Oh yeah, we want to move forward. And he says, you know, should I just hold my Bitcoin? It's going up, 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 up. Like what? And then he asked me this amazing question that everybody does when they want information. What would you do? Right. right. And then they're going to hold you to that <laughs> as if it was uh-huh. your professional opinion. No, it's like, so I told him this. I said, here's what I'd do. If I had made a bunch of money and I wanted to invest and let some of it right, I'd pull some of it out and I'd buy a cabin in the mountains because I want a vacation home in the mountains. Like I love going up there and I would call that my Bitcoin cabin. And no matter what happened in life, whether it went up or it went down to zero, I would always be able to say, hey, I went into that Bitcoin thing and I put in you know, $10,000 and I got my, my vacation. I got my peace spot. I got my Bitcoin spot. It's my Bitcoin cabin. And I would just, and I would be totally okay with it. It's similar to what That's you're saying. sound advice. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. yeah. Just take a little bit off the table and do something for yourself. Exactly. And then you, then there's no or, regret, you know, and if you haven't bought Bitcoin yet, wait for the dip. I don't know. Wait for the that's the modern CTO podcast our official position on bitcoin <laughs> is wait for the dip. Why <laughs> that's a lot of things probably too, right? Just wait for the dip. Yeah. It'll be all right. All right, artificial all right, so virtual reality, consumer behavior, virtual reality. Do you know anyone today that spends an hour in virtual reality? No. Me either, man. I don't know. Mm-mm. Been around since the 80s. Always getting better. I mean, I don't I don't see the but it hasn't caught hold yet. No, it's like twenty years. I think I think so, right? Like I think we'll be twenty years in the yeah, future. Yeah, we'll mm-hmm. be there. I just that's been one of the least predictable things to me, right? I'm just waiting for you know the the people who create the warehouses. And you can put on some VR thing and you can run around doing, you know, God knows what, pretending you're in a paintball game or something. That sounds like fun. When that happens, I'll be into the VR stuff. Well, Don. I know it has happened to some degree. I'm going to make your Friday, Don. Okay. Those exist. Can you, is there one by me? Is there one by you? I don't know. 
<laughs> That's what I need. I think there's one in Orlando, and it's really cool because they. Uh, I'm I'm down in Florida, so they had a, a video I saw online where they like hang materials in the room. So as you're actually walking through the room, you like feel the materials and yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that. See that that might be cool, but you know I don't. I mean I guess I guess if laser tag was a thing at some point, right? These could be a thing for people buying storefronts and. I guess that's what they'll do with all the empty, like, you know, Best Buy stores and whatnot. <laughs> you can do, like, your virtual reality, like, whatever. Brought to you by Amazon, putting everyone else out of business. <laughs> <laughs> Amazon VR adventure, we'll call it. No, actually, that would be too literal. If you're naming things and you're from Amazon, you have to make it super obscure. Oh, of course. Right. Thank you. Web Route services. 53. Yeah. There, yeah. Have you, have you, there's a book. Um, that follows Jeff Bezos' life story. And I listened to it on Audible. And they go through the whole, like, from him, you know, they skipped his parents having sex. They skipped that part. But they start, they started with him being born. And they went through this whole childhood, and they came all the way up through, like, Amazon. I think the, the book, like, four years ago ended, right? So you've got, you've got some inside information on the development of Amazon as recent as four years. And that, like, blew my mind hearing all those little details about how he uh, handled each of the different situations with Amazon and how they negotiated and bought other businesses out and how they grew the Amazon market share and put other businesses out of business. Have you, have you come across that book? I have not. It sounds like I should probably give that a read though. Oh yeah. He, he goes in and you can kind of get a real good feel for how he makes decisions and he's very minimalist, right? So you can go through like how he makes decisions and how they acquire companies and how they basically put everyone else out of business. And it's no surprise to me that in the past what four months he became the wealth one of the wealthiest people on earth. I think he surpassed mm -hmm. Bill Gates for number one. Yeah, that would be interesting. I just got off the uh, the Elon uh, Musk biography. Love it and loved love it. it. So I, I, I can imagine I, I would like. Uh, this one just as much just interesting especially a guy like elon who i mean <laughs> you know is, is the one who's using technology to change the world and not bring us snapchat no i love it man i so i've i've read that book as well right and how awesome well first of all he's an awesome person right like I, i'm a fan i like him i liked him after reading his story i didn't know him before it you feel like you know someone when you read their story right um, South Africa, Canada, States, you know, his whole different companies and how he lived in his office with his brother and showered across the street at the Y or whatever, all that good stuff. So um, yeah. I, I always like look at him when I have a business because he perfectly like characterizes like being a minimalistic startup, but he also, man, did he push it, right? Like how many times did he, yeah. did every one of his businesses like almost go out of business? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> talk about oh man, couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. No, I, I I'm too I, risk averse I, for that kind of stuff, you know. Yeah, me too. Like I like to, I say I, I'm risk adverse, but I I'll take a risk, but it's a risk that I can absorb. Like everyone has a different word for risk, right? Like they'll they have a different way that they feel about it. Like some people put everything in, like oh I'm going to go 100 in on like black, right, and roll the roll the dice, right. But for me, I'll, I'll take a risk that like I'm okay losing. Like that, that, that's how much sure. risk I'll put up, right? So yeah. 
you gotta you gotta mitigate it's like hedging right so right it makes it even more interesting now that you have a kid i'm sure oh does that does that change your calculus a little bit it changed my my budget <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, oh dude wait till daycare starts oh no <laughs> it's not good it's really not good we're actually broadcasting <laughs> uh from our office that we just moved into about oh, this week yeah nice so i had a. I like that yeah we have about we have 10 10 people at my app company right and okay but we were all experts and they all work for me their shared co-work spaces or their houses and they're they're great like hire the best people right and uh when i had the kid my my lovely child uh, i had to get out of the house <laughs> so <laughs> so i got an office and plus and then that's how this whole modern cto thing happened i was like well i got the office and we have our our app thing like I don't know if you know about what I do, but I do, I work with investors and they inject capital into companies and we usually build technology. So I don't do a lot of like public work where people just like come to my company and are like, Hey, we want an app. It's usually just through friends, like, you know, relationships. So, yeah. So I'm, I'm not like struggling to like market or grow it. Like I kind of like where it's at and I wanted to help the, I, I don't know about you, but for me, Going, I was a self-taught developer, and my dad was a programmer. He'd take me to work with them, and I, I learned. I like spent a lot of energy and effort learning, and and a lot of head banging against the keyboard type situations. Everything from like through programming, figuring it out, through my first couple deals, and you know selling them, and the whole finance, and you have to learn about seeds and investors, and like you have to learn all about that, all the way through like management and scaling and and getting people in the dynamics of like making people feel heard and all the people part of it. Right. So I, I struggled through all of that. And, and then my goal with this modern CTO was, well, why don't I put it all into a book and, and then push it out there as far and wide as possible and get the information out. Right. So that the 13 year old version of me could come across this book and read it and just have a little bit, better chance just avoid a few of the mistakes that I made right yeah so I want you to give me some advice that you would give your previous self to avoid avoid some mistakes oh man yeah I know it's real this is this is now real talk on the modern CTA. <laughs> this is real talk this is like put me on the spot kind of talk it's, all right uh, so in, advice that I would give Elon Musk creates a time machine and he says, yeah. he says, hey, don't do come over here and let's, my time machine business is almost going out of business. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to try to get NASA to help save us, but it might not be right. possible. So I want you to come over here and use the time machine real quick. And you would go talk to, but it can only go back to 10 years ago and you can only talk to your previous self. Like, what would you say? Oh, man. All right, so what 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 are what are my parameters here? Do I got to keep it tech related? Got to keep it no life related. Anything, anything at all. Right now, you walk through a time machine. You see yourself ten years ago. What do you do? Oh man, well you know the first thing that comes to mind is don't break up with my wife the first time I did that. That was really stupid. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that's so good. 
<laughs> so good. Done. Not still the dumbest thing I've done. My mom told me. I didn't believe her. If only I had the Jim Cramer soundboard. <laughs> right. <laughs> Tony, you gotta get it. I gotta, gotta get it. Done. Next next piece. <laughs> next piece of advice. <laughs> Oh man. Well, you know, there's so many, there's so many possible things, I I guess that, yeah, I I guess it's, you know, I mentioned earlier that, that I'm a pretty risk averse guy, but I mean, that has done, I mean, it's done well for me, but there's definitely opportunities that I've probably passed up on because of that, not taking the right risk. You know, you put it a good way, like risk as much as you're willing to to lose. And for me, I wasn't, I'm not often willing to lose really anything. So you're a pretty content person. I honestly am. It's, it's weird. Like, and I'm not, I'm definitely not infallible and I'm definitely not like, I don't have all the answers for sure, but it's on, this is honestly like a really hard question for me to answer. I, and, and, and uh, because I feel like. I feel pretty good about, you know, where I've been and where I've gone to and how things have shaped up in the last 10 years. You know, I, I take when I do make a decision because I am a risk averse person, I spend a ton of time making that decision. Like, here's an example. When I was trying to pick out a backpacking stove, I spent full two full days reading reviews on REI.com and talking to people before I decided to make that $40 purchase. <laughs> now if you if you calculate the amount of hours that went into that and you know assign me an hourly rate that wasn't a great investment but i still did it and so i think that served me well um you know with with all the other decisions i made because i feel like you know i've got i've got a great job i've got a great team i've got a great family i've you know i got a great house you know I, i think i've done pretty okay I mean, there's definitely like, there's some things I would have liked to have learned sooner. You know, a lot of different books that I've been reading lately, you know, have been been nice to read those 10 years ago and maybe would have accelerated some different things for me. Um, including the Musk yeah. book? Including the Musk book? Including the Musk book, sure, absolutely. Nice. Um, yeah, because I would have used, if I go back in time, do the Musk book, then I would have just leveraged that like stock wise when he was almost out of money. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I would have been like, Oh, you want to do a debt? Yeah. <laughs> let's, let's, yeah, actually. Okay. Here it is. Yeah. I got it. Done. I got it. I would have bought Bitcoin about. Oh, I mean, there's, there's people <laughs> that are listening. I didn't even pick up on this. They're like, whatever. But there's people that are listening. I like screaming at the, at the speaker, like buy Bitcoin. Right. Right. Full circle. Yeah. We just brought it back around. Right. Done. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, that sounds like a great spot to end, I guess. I mean, this is like definitely an amazing conversation. You know, I had I had one guy yesterday, very very cool guy, excellent conversation like you, right? And he was so fast when I asked him that question. I said, "You know, what advice you would give yourself?" He goes, "Oh, he goes, you're always right." That's that, that his advice. Like he he said, he said to himself, he's like, "Don't worry about it, you're always right." And, and I was like, wow, dude, like, <laughs> I want to be you because <laughs> I am not, <laughs> I am wrong a lot, right? You know, the fun thing that's going to happen is I'm going to, this, this question is going to eat at me for the next couple of days. 
and I'll come up with a good answer. I'll, I'll make sure I send that over to you. But yeah, I have time. I can't like it's this one's gonna eat me for a while. No worries. I did not. By the way, that was not, thanks for that. That was not the. <laughs> yeah, let's let's screw with this guy. So I was talking to Jakey from the yeah, couch. I was like, let's drop this bomb right at the end. And then just walk away. And be like, see ya. And he's just gonna start crying in his office. <laughs> yeah, you need the mic drop sound right now. Boom, mic drop. Thank you so much for listening to the Modern CTO Podcast. Share this. Get the word out. Thank you guys so much. I couldn't do it without you. I appreciate it. You guys are the absolute best.